How's it going, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the You Know Adam Sane podcast, where you get to know a little bit more about people, passions, and all things business. Today, sitting across the way is Mr. Angus Walton from Scotland, right right here in Statesboro, Georgia. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Fantastic. So I have to ask, how did you end up in Statesboro, Georgia? A very long trip. Yeah. Having been born in Scotland, gone part of my school in England, qualified from a profession, and then I decided, uh, my wife and I got married, and we decided we'd, I'd like to go overseas for a couple of years. Yeah. So she said that, and I said, what a great idea. And I ended up going literally into my magazine that I get from my professional institute. Saw a job advertised in Peru and a job advertised in Fiji. Uh-huh. So I thought, well, I'll write for both of them. And uh, I got offered both of them. Okay. So my problem was, what did I do the second year in Fiji, a second week in Fiji? You know, I mean, there's not very much there except beaches. And That's that. right. So um, we opted to go to Peru. And we were there for 10 years and uh, had a wonderful time, really enjoyed it. My kids got to an age where although the education was good down there, the British school was excellent. Um, I, I didn't really want them necessarily to grow up there. Yeah, So we, in uh, Peru. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we decided to uh, job search. And this was in uh, the early 1970s, about 75, 76, when there's, you know, internet was virtually unknown and certainly not in Peru. Uh, <laughs> telephone was hard enough to find in Peru, never mind. It's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. So we started searching around and eventually, uh, you know, by sheer chance, I knew a fellow who um, ran the, the branch for the Parker Pen Company mm-hmm. uh, in Peru. Mm-hmm. And he Parker Pen. Parker Pen. What is writing, that? Writing instruments. Writing instruments. Okay. Yeah. They were a very big uh, quality writing instrument company. They're still around uh, to this day, right? Yeah, I believe so. Okay. They're, 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 um, they were eventually bought out by Gillette. Okay. But um, they're very big all over the world, okay. I mean, particularly in, in Europe. Uh, so he knew I was job searching and he called me up and said, hey, the vice president for Latin America and the vice president of marketing is coming in to visit me. Uh-huh. Do you want to meet them? Yeah. So I went and met them, and they said, you know, we had a nice chat, and they said, can you get up to the States, and to Janesville, Wisconsin? I had no idea where that was, but, you know. So um, I said, well, sure, it so happens next week, the company I work for is based in San Francisco, and I'm going there on a business trip in about two weeks' time. Talk about everything just falling right into place. So I went up there, found my way somehow to Janesville, Wisconsin, (laughs) which is near near Chicago as I could get. Uh-huh. And um, I left there with a job offer. Wow. The fun thing was I just left the house in San Francisco or the company in San Francisco, and they'd offered me a job in San Francisco. So I was back in where I was with food, Fiji. Why, why, and per- Why were you in such high demand? I don't know. Maybe maybe people like me or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, so what, was, what were you doing for these companies? I was basically their financial manager. Gotcha. I, I started off when I joined the, the company down in Peru, it was basically as the financial manager of a company. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when we when I moved to the States with Parker Penn, it really became I became the vice president of financial operations worldwide, mm-hmm. which let me travel all around the world and looking at all their business act interests all around the world. They yeah. did they had branches all in every country in the world just about. Yeah. Um so that's what I was doing. And um, you know, finally uh 
um, you know, that was how I, I ended up. Ended up in the States. In the States. You know, what, what I love about uh, this interview, more so than I've kind of like had in other interviews, is there's this wealth of knowledge there that I'm mm. so excited to kind of like dive into. Um, you know, I actually met you because uh, you visited one of my restaurants. Yes. And, you know, initially, I think that we were making some um, ice cream, I think, at the bar. Yes, you were. Uh, this was liquid nitrogen ice cream. And you came up to me and said, hey, uh, my family actually uh, used to make ice cream in Scotland. And that piqued my interest. Mm-hmm. And uh, from there, you know, I was like, okay, well, I had the podcast uh, already at that time. And I was like, well, I got to interview you, man. Like, mm. you know, um, and I think I took down your name and your, your number. I think I put it in my pocket. And that some, like, during this period of time, <laughs> I just lost track right. of you, lost track of you. And I couldn't find you until this past Wednesday when I uh, was present- presenting at the Kiwanis Fair. Mm-hmm. And you, out of nowhere, just waltzed up to me, and I was like, "Oh my goodness, I've been, I've been looking for you <laughs> all this time." Um, so I'm so excited to kind of like dig into mm-hmm. uh, that story. So yeah. tell me a little bit about you know the ice cream business that was a family business. Yes, yes. For your and my grandfather started it in Aberdeen of all places in the well northeast corner of Scotland uh, in 1905. 1905. And uh, I still have the original recipe. My mother wrote it out for me, and I still have it at home. Uh-huh. Um, then I think he moved down into this town called Falkirk in uh, middle of Scotland and decided to start the business there. And it was extremely popular. I mean, it's amazing. I've got some photographs that are just wonderful to look at. Love that. In the early days of when ice cream vans used to go around the streets, uh, they had about 10 ice cream vans uh-huh. and they're all old looking vans yeah. you know and uh, they they'd go around selling ice cream all around the town uh plus the fact that we we helped supply uh other shops that needed it and uh, so it really was very successful how how did he kind of like come into that I guess. Do you know the story behind like where he came up? Uh, no did he idea. Work somewhere? No idea. No idea. Yeah. No. No. That so. was uh, that was never made. I was never no, made privy okay. to that. Okay. So, but okay. Uh, I, I know that uh, basically all the family. I had two brothers and a sister, and we all, one way or other, had to fill in every time <laughs> something was needed. You know. So I I learned how to serve ice cream at the shop. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. What did it look like back then? Um. Was again, it like I, the scoop? Did yeah. you guys have a scoop? Yep. No, okay. but it was not hard ice cream. We never had the ice cream hard. You go into a lot of places now and you, you see them struggling yeah. to get the ice cream out. Uh-huh. It was easy to scoop. Yeah. Uh, soft. Uh-huh. And uh, nothing was prepackaged. If somebody wanted a cone, you got a cone and you scooped the ice cream, put it on top, and handed it to them. Yeah. If they wanted a wafer, uh-huh. you uh, literally had a little holder thing that we held, had, and then you put a wafer in there. Scoop some ice cream in, put another wafer on top, push it up, it came out, and you uh-huh. gave them that. It was just everything was so simple. Yeah, um, and we, we had a, it was a it just so popular. Mainly, mainly I, even now, there's a, a website that I I follow in uh, on on a Facebook called Old Falkirk, and uh-huh. it talks about Falkirk going back to the 1800s because it was a big industrial town. Sure. And every so often, something will pop up about Walton's ice cream. I love that. 
and uh, a pic- somebody will have a picture of this of the shop or uh, something like that. You know, extremely popular. Yeah, it was oh, yeah. extremely. Every, everybody knew about it. Yeah. Oh yeah. How how many uh, ice cream shops? Just a single one. Just a single one. Yeah. It was the factory where we made it and the ice cream shop were right next door. So there's a factory that had to that yeah. had to be created to support right. it. Right. Well, that's wild. I mean, back then. So you guys also did distribution as well, right? Yes. Like sending it to other places. Yes. I, I'd sometimes go with my brother and we'd deliver to other little shops and stuff. Another interesting little side story was my, my wife um, lived around the corner from one of the shops where we delivered ice cream. Uh-huh. And when I started going out with her, she said, I can't believe I was buying your family's ice cream. <laughs> Next door, <laughs> I love that. When I was, I love that. Knee, knee high to a grasshopper. <laughs> uh huh. Very so, nice. Yeah. Um. Describe kind of like how how many people were in the factory? Family. It was only family. Only family. So like a, a family um, business. Family business. Totally mm-hmm. a family business. Um, I think when the vans were going out a lot, and that was before I was even involved. Sure. Uh, there obviously were drivers and stuff doing that because uh-huh. we didn't have that big a family. Sure. But uh, when I was involved, it was my dad, my mother, my sister, my two brothers, and myself. Uh-huh. And we, we just fitted in where we need. Did you is that something that was typical in that day and age with I, like kind of like fa- just family ran businesses and yeah. don't let any uh, outsiders in so forth and so on? Yeah, I think that's pretty much you know you you find a lot of small businesses like that mm-hmm. where there were family businesses sure and, and everybody walked in and uh, worked to the family business. How about how about uh, you know arguments? Were there any challenges? Because obviously, like you know, it, like back. Like now it's like, oh, don't work with like your spouse or whatever yeah. it is, right? Yeah. Like now you're saying that, okay, the f- entire family's there. And when they go home, they still have to see the same old people. Yeah. Well, I won't say there wasn't. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, I know if there were times my, my dad would get on one of my brother's cases or both yeah. my brother's cases or uh-huh. something like that. I was young enough that I wasn't, uh, I was kept out of that. Really? Of yeah. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. What what memories do you have of the the location? Just a, it was a not a very nice area. It was Main Street, Graham's Road, Falkirk, and it was a very nice street, but it was a business street. Yeah, you know, and it wasn't anything special about it. Um, the the factory was old fashioned by today's standards, but we made made it the way we wanted. I mean, it was a an enormous great uh, vat that we put milk thirty five gallons of milk into and heated up and added all the ingredients that were needed to go with that and. And, you know, they get pulled out of there and, and put into buckets and put into the fridge to cool off. And mm-hmm. then eventually you'd put them into the mixer and turn them into ice cream. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was gentle. And, and the shop itself, I think, were people were, you know, so used to coming in and, and uh, you know, just getting good service and good, good attention. Yeah. We, we used to have the, um, the local uh, policeman would come in every so often. And, uh, That's awesome. Just for a cup of coffee and, and, and an ice cream. Oh, so you serve coffee as well? Well, not really. We served it to in our cell, to ourselves oh, in the back oh. shop. But, yeah. and, and, but the policemen, they, they got oh, yeah, some they, coffee. They always got coffee. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> one, That's great. I'll tell you one funny story. I, had a, I was serving the shop one night, and uh, the car. Uh, oh, Three kids came in and they were just being rowdy. Yeah. And I told them to kind of let calm it down. I mean, I was only probably about sixteen or so at the time. Sure. Telling them, calm, hey, calm down, guys. Calm yeah. Down. So they started getting really raunchy at me, and uh, so I finally said, you know, fellas, 
I got a couple of cops in the back here. Yeah. Uh, you really want to keep this going? Yeah, 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 yeah. You sure you have. Uh-huh. And without me saying a word, the two policemen walked, walked out. Walked out. <laughs> <laughs> you never saw three people move the shop. Oh, really? They just so left. Yeah. They just ran. So, you know, the, 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 we had a good relationship with the, uh, with the constabulary and stuff like that. Have you tasted any ice cream that tastes similar to your family's recipe? Not really. I'll be perfectly honest. My my, I made some myself. Just it's kind kind of difficult to take a thirty five gallon recipe and cut it down yeah, to it a is gallon. Difficult, yeah, <laughs> uh, with all the ingredients because you know it's you know from thirty five to one is fine, but when you're going from you know sixty ounces of this to one, you know, <laughs> that's right. That's one thirty fifth. Right. It's hard that. to scale. It doesn't yeah, scale very is. well. Um, and. I, I made some, and my son-in-law thought it was the greatest thing he'd ever tasted. My, my daughters made it and got the same reaction. Yeah. Uh, it, it just has a different flavor. Now, let me say again, it's vanilla ice cream. Yeah. And that's what it is. Yeah. I and mean, we don't have um, 15 different varieties or, yeah. you know. 31 from Baskin, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, and people were happy with that. Yeah. Maybe in 2022, maybe they're not. Yeah. Did you, did you have toppings? Not really. Uh-huh. No. You just had the wafer, right? Just the wafer yeah. and the cone. Um, the only thing we did, and uh, we made a, a special wafer to go on top. Uh-huh. Um, what it was was we, using our ice cream holder, we put a wafer in, we filled it with cream, uh-huh. put another wafer on top. Uh-huh. And then when we brought that out, we dipped it in melty chocolate around okay. the edges. Uh-huh. So that was had a very unfortunate name, which I'm not going to say. Okay. Uh, but it was accepted then. But yeah. Uh, so absolutely could, delicious. Uh, yeah, and some and people would have that. I yeah. Mean, they'd, they'd, they'd ask for a ice cream. That's right. Then, that's right. That's uh, right. So that's I, super I, yeah. fun. Yeah. So uh, what eventually happened with the family business? I think um, when my father took ill, I don't think my elder brother, uh, eldest brother, was really prepared for uh, you know, running the business on his own. Mm. Uh, so when my dad and my mother moved down to England, uh, um, I, you know, I think he didn't quite keep the energy going that my dad had and my grandfather had. Yeah. And I think, it, you know, times were changing too, I suppose. Uh, and, and I'm not saying he did, was to blame for it all, but sure, sure. Times, were, times were changing. Uh, and I think after my dad passed away, my mother just sort of looked and said, you know, it's just too much work, too much effort. Uh, and It wasn't worth it anymore. No. So uh, back in the day, I mean, so this was kind of like the initial business. Uh, was the uh, revenue that this was generating, did you, did you as a family – uh, re- just reinvest back into the business or did you kind of like divert into potentially like real estate? Were there any options with that? I, th- I think it just mainly went back into the business. Mm-hmm. Um, Got you. I'm, I'm pretty sure that I, I know my dad didn't have any big investment, real estate or anything like that. Yeah. I, I would have known off when he passed away. But, sure. Uh, sure. No, it w- I would say it was just, it was keep the business going, keep it going. And they had a nice lifestyle. Yeah. You know. It was fun. Yeah. 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 So let's kind of like move into uh, change direction a little bit and talk a little bit about you. So you were growing up at a very young age during this time mm-hmm. when the, the when the um, ice cream shop was moving. Then at a certain extent, you decided to kind of like go off on your own. I hear a little bit about Peru. Yeah. But what was the path that you took? 
Well, I got in. I got into the professional uh, accounting offices or, or into professional accounting, and and I think the, the travel overseas was was the first thing that really was different for me yeah. to the rest of the family. I mean, I, the school I went to used to have uh, summer outings to overseas in Europe, uh, so I'd been to Switzerland, I'd been to Paris, and seen some parts of the, Europe that. Uh, um, you know, I think I got the bug for travel. Yeah. And uh, we went to Peru really on a three-year contract. And if we didn't work, we'd go home. Yeah. I'd get another job with somebody else. Yeah. That. And, uh, but we liked it there. We, we Our oldest girl, my daughter who's living here in Statesboro, was, was a year old, just over a year old when we went there. Mm. And my other daughter was born there. Yeah. And we had we, we had just ten very nice years there. I mean, it was it was interesting. Um, I worked for different companies when I was there initially with uh, a company that did was owned in by an English firm that made textiles in in Peru, and mm -hmm. uh, and then laterally with Homestake Mining, which was a, had a mine in Peru. And again, when you're doing finance, you don't care what people are doing as long as it's making money. Sure, sure. <laughs> How has that? Uh, industry changed in your eyes, right? Like, so you've you have a ton of experience in um, finance. Mm -hmm. What what do you see? I'm, I'm, you know, it's very hard for me to answer that now because I have been. I mean, let's face it, I've been retired for quite a number of years now. Yeah. But I think, in general terms, um, I still feel there is more greed in the world. Oh. Than, than there used to be. I think people ran businesses because they enjoyed running them and because they, they needed to give people work. Mm -hmm. um, I don't necessarily see that as much nowadays. It's almost like we've we've um, we've separated uh, into uh, the, those who have and those who have not, um, and that bothers me quite a bit. I mean, I. I I've done well with my life. Thank mm -hmm. you. I'm comfortably retired. Yeah. Um, but. Um, I, you know, I, I just like to think that uh, we should be more concerned with some people who are not as doing as well as they should do. Mm. And I, I'm feeling that industry has become almost blinkered to anything other than what's the bottom line. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, I remember one company I worked for one, one brief period down in South Peru. The um, the guy would uh, who was the CEO of the company. And we imported fresh cut flowers from Latin America. That's how I ended up with them because of my connections with, with sure. Latin America. Uh, but he wanted the people to enjoy their jobs. He built a gym on the end of the storage yep. unit yep. so that we could all go and work out if we felt like it. That's right. And I just don't not sure that's really happening anymore. Mm. I think that's uh, a great observation. Mm. Uh, what about, you know, some of your biggest successes in your kind of like career? Okay. In my career, I would say the the, um, the, the job I had with Parker Pen was probably it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think um, it was a company that I, I was proud to work for because I'd, I'd grown up with Parker Pens in, in uh, the UK and, and they, you know, they were well known and well respected. Um, the um, and I think they were a good company, and they they were doing very well. Uh, and I think my success was I started with them as their finance manager, financial manager for Latin America, with my experience down there. Mm -hmm. um, then I got promoted to worldwide. Wow! 
uh, and then you know it was it was just fun to for me because I like traveling. Yeah. Uh, and I I think I've been in every continent in the world except Africa. And I don't know why Amazing. that happened. <laughs> I, I actually had a trip to South America, South Africa planned. Yeah. And then it got canceled last minute. Oh. Otherwise, it would have been to every. <laughs> yeah, continent. you're almost there. You're almost, almost there. It. Almost did it. Uh, you know, since you are so well traveled, you know, some memorable experiences for you. Like, have you ever kind of like gone somewhere where it's like top top three places in around the world for you? <sighs> Very hard to come out with. Um, I love Europe. I, I mean, I love Switzerland mm -hmm. and uh, I love Paris. Uh, I, I think probably European. Actually, Hong Kong, I found very interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, we were there when it was still part of the British colony. Sure. Um, I found that fascinating. Uh -huh. uh, that learned how to use chopsticks. Uh -huh. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think um, it's it's very hard to pick any one place. I just love traveling. Coming across so many different cultures, what was the common theme that you saw throughout? Tell you a little story. Um, we were in Paris, my wife and my kids, and we'd been to the Eiffel Tower and we'd come back to the hotel. And I was supposed to pick up a rental car because we were going to drive around Europe. And uh, my daughter said they had some wonderful T-shirts at, at uh, the Eiffel Tower. Have we got time to go back there? I said, no, we haven't got time to go back. <laughs> then I said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to, it's going to take me a, probably an hour to get the rental car. Here's the map of the metro in Paris. Get on the, there, the station's right up there from the hotel, take it to the Eiffel Tower, buy your thing and come back. How old was she? She would be... Um, Oh, my gosh, probably 16. Wow. And her sister was three years younger. Yeah. Uh, so you sent the both of them? I sent the said, both of them. Okay. No, I sent the both of them. My wife was having fit. But <laughs> <laughs> I bet. <laughs> but I said, when I was 16, 17, I came to Paris with a school trip. Yeah. And at that point, I was a senior boy. I was allowed to go on the metro on my own with a couple of other boys. Yeah. I said, Ninety, and what I think I'm getting to is I told my daughter that 90 to 95 percent of the people you will see or come near on that metro are going to work, coming home from work, mm -hmm. going shopping, yep. moving to visit somebody. They're not nasty people. Sure. And I think she took that to heart. And I think that's something that uh, she still brings back to me every so often that I, I said that. that. I love that. Because to me. I look, you know, I, I was talking with somebody the other day when I was up in Connecticut visiting my other daughter, and they were going on about what was going on in Ukraine. Yeah. And I said, you know, I don't obviously can't agree with what's going on in Ukraine. Sure. Terrible. Sure. sure. But does that mean that all the Russians are bad? Mm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. Most of them are living in fear because sure. they're, they're frightened to speak up. I think, you know, the world is full of people just like you and I running a business, going to work, coming home from work, getting their kids through school. That's that's what the world's comprised of. Mm -hmm. And don't throw Latin Americans out like it's a bad word. Mm. Uh, they're not. They're great people. Mm -hmm. Just because there's always carry on with people wanting to cross our border. Yeah. Uh, everybody else gets stuck with the same, uh, uh, you know, black mark. Yeah. And it's not fair. Yeah. So I think probably that's that's one thing that I always feel strongly about. How do how do how do we change that, right? Like you know, I, I think it's such a a strong message, especially for someone you know. Again, 
a lot not a not many people are as well traveled mm -hmm. and for you to have gone to so many places and the result is that you know we're just all people mm -hmm. right i feel like that message gets lost yes it does yes it does. and i don't know how you change it other than continue re repeating it mm. uh, we change it with with yeah. us we yeah. have to be we have to be the ones that yeah yeah, and of I course, like you know, you, you can go back to saying that's what we're supposed to do. That's right. That's right. How do you like it in Statesboro? It's different. Yeah? <laughs> Does it remind you of anywhere that you've lived before? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think uh, the reason we, we ended up in Statesboro, I think I mentioned, was because my wife had some health issues. Mm. And uh, uh, my daughter lived here, and uh, she suggested I needed help with the caregiving. And sure. I certainly did. And she's been a great help to me. Um, but I think the thing about, unfortunate thing for me in Statesboro was the first three years or so I was here, I was so busy caregiving my wife, sure. I never got to know Statesboro. Sure. And then after she passed away two years ago, the next thing we had was COVID. Mm. And everything basically shut down. Yeah. So I'm being unfair to say that, uh, I, you know, Statesboro hasn't got anything. Yeah. I don't know if it yeah. has. Yeah, and uh, I think you're making the right moves, right? So, yeah. like, you have you joined uh, Kiwanis? Yes, I have. Yes. yes, so that's a great, great start. Yeah. There's people, there's a community yeah. there, right? And you know what they stand for is right. absolutely amazing. And, and I'm, I've always been all my life very active in the church. So you I'm have. a church member here, and uh, the um, you know I, that's always been something that was very important to me and very strong for me, and uh, all over the world. Yeah. Oh well, before we go, is there anything from home that you miss? What do you miss most about? Scotland. <laughs> well, I won't say the weather. <laughs> uh, what's the weather like? Uh, well, you've got to bear in mind, that, first of all, uh, Scotland is on the same latitude as the Hudson Bay. Okay. So you're a long way north. Okay. You would think it would be awful, but it's not. Okay. Because the Gulf Stream leaves the coast of Florida, goes over the Atlantic, and actually hits the coast of Scotland. What? I did not know uh, that. Uh -huh. Yeah. And, and as a result, it tempers the climate. Uh-huh. So you get a lot of rain. Yeah. Uh, because of that. But there's another interesting little story. There's a place up on the west, northwest coast of Scotland where the uh, Gulf Stream actually hits the coast. Mm -hmm. And that is the point at which somebody thought, I wonder if I could plant any palm trees here. So he made a tropical garden. <laughs> and it worked. It worked. You can go visit Love it. it. Love it. You can go that. visit it. Love it. But I think, you know, other than, uh, other than I, you know, I miss a lot of uh, family and friends mm. who are still there. Yeah. Um, I do miss, uh, I, I miss the, the, the smallness of it. Mm. Um, you know, I, I was talking to somebody the other day and he was for, here in Jonesboro, in Statesboro, and he was saying that, you know, oh, I couldn't live cramped up beside somebody else. Yeah. Um, and you look around the here and all the houses have got a half an acre. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You look at the photographs of, of old Falkirk. Yeah. And even the house where we lived, and we were pretty well off. Uh -huh. You didn't have a, your own la big land. No. You were joined to another house. Yeah. Because you've got 35, at least it used to be 30, it's probably more than that now. I don't know how many, what the population of Britain is now. Yeah. But you've got them on a little tiny island. Yeah. That's right. So you Limited have, amount of space. Yeah. Limited amount of space. Well, Angus, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Thank you, uh, you know, for sharing your uh, family business with us and also your life. I think that that's huge. And, and I um, urge you to continue to just continue to be a inspiration for, you know, people out there, um, you know, having 
uh, the wealth of knowledge that you do. I think there's so much that you can offer. So thank you very much. Yeah. I appreciate, appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Had a blast. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. That's the show. Hey.